are listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Doing Law Differently podcast. I'm your host, Lucy Dickens. In today's interview, I'm joined by Laura Vickers. Laura describes herself as a mum doing her best to keep her clients and staff happy and make the law less S-H-I-T. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word on here, so we'll go with the spelling. <laughs> but isn't that a description that we can all relate to? Laura is the founder of law firm Nest Legal that provide wills, estates, conveyancing and a touch of family law for busy families. When you get to know Laura and to understand her firm, as you'll hear in the interview, you'll see how her firm name, Nest Legal, is such a nice fit for what she does. You'll hear in the interview how Laura's customers and her staff are absolutely at the centre of everything she does, from the way services are priced, sold and delivered, to the setup of the office and their strategic plan for the business. Laura is also the founder of popular Facebook community, New Law Chambers. We touch on that in the interview, but we don't actually go into detail, so I thought I'd tell you a bit about it here. New Law Chambers Facebook group is a great place to bounce ideas of other lawyers who are operating new law businesses. You can share the things that you're up to and meet some like-minded people. I've been in the group for quite some time now, I think around the time when Laura established it, and it really is a nice, warm and welcoming community. So if you're not in there, I'll include the link in the show notes. So come and join. Over to the interview now. Enjoy. Hello, Laura. Thank you for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to talk to you today. Now, I want to start with this question. Now, in an age where many businesses are using the latest and greatest technology and are looking for ways to digitize and provide their services online, you describe Nest Legal as being the only law firm in the country to become less digital. Why is it that you've chosen to go against the grain? I don't think we've deliberately decided to become less digital. We've just really put a focus on being responsive to our clients' needs and using innovation and imagination to do that, Mm -hmm. which sometimes involves tech but doesn't always. And often it includes having options and having redundancies in place for when the tech doesn't work because all human beings are different and for some people it does and some people it, it doesn't. So it started off as a purely online business with a very niched client base being those people who were 100% comfortable with that. And then as it's grown, we've needed a physical premises. And then, well, as we moved into the bricks and mortar, we thought, well, we might as well let clients come here if they want to. And it now means that we service a, a broader client base in a broader way. In the law, there are some services that cannot be provided purely digitally. Yeah. That's just the the world that we're in. So it's, you know, whether that's solicitor certificates, wills, witnessings, Mm -hmm. will will conferences where you need to meet them in person because of to assess testamentary capacity or because you don't feel safe making that assessment over a video conference. Yeah. It just means that we've been able to help help those kind of people as Mm. well. So when you say that you've become less digital, what you mean is you started out being completely online and you've now built more in-person services because that's the kinds of things that your clients were asking for. Yeah, so most people love the web forms. It's um, intelligent conditional logic. So it it asks you one question and if you answer yes to that, it asks you five more questions about that. Yeah. Most people love that, but some people just don't. So we have 
emailable PDFs and some, even some paper PDFs that we print out and, and meet with people and fill in with a pen and a cup of tea if needed mm-hmm. for those people. So it's innovating backwards so we can actually meet everyone on their terms. So let's talk about how you've done that. What are some of the ways that you've used to design your services to meet the needs of your customers? Because you've just given us some examples. You've got web forms or PDFs that they can fill in or a version that they can print out and, and handwrite. So you've obviously given quite a bit of thought to the way that your customers want to do business with you. We listen. We, we're humble and we, we know that we don't know all the answers. We're always asking questions and listening to their responses and noting feedback and noting patterns in that feedback and then designing the services around that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we backflip. Sometimes we do it like this and we say, well, you know what, we thought that was a great idea, but it turns out no one else digs it as much as we do, so we're going to stop doing it that way and we're going to try it this way. And we're, we're surveying our clients. We send out um, Net Promoter Score surveys at the end of each matter and each milestone just to check how we're doing, what, what could we be doing better, you know, how likely are you to refer us to your friends. Why did you give us that score? What else could we have done? And then we take that on board. Mm. And sometimes the answer to that is I loved the technology and I'd love more technology, but sometimes the answer is I just want you to do it in a different way and that may or may not involve technology. The result is we we were purely digital and now it's a bit more nuanced and customer-focused. One of the ways that I would imagine help you there is that you have a really clear view of who you are ideal customer is and who who it is that you're providing your services for and as I understand it you're providing services for busy families is that close yes yeah <laughs> but then everything that comes from that so sometimes helping out a busy family means being able for them to you know they might be uh, the executor of their mum's will or it might be that they just need to get mum's power of attorney sorted and they want to be able to book a time for her drive her in know that someone's going to sit down and really listen to mum and make her feel comfortable so they can just get that sorted and make sure that mum is okay and mum has everything that she needs. Mm. It's not just about the clients that want to video conference and use the web forms, although that is the bulk of our clients. Some of the advice that we often hear is that law firms need to niche and narrow their services to target one type of customer, kind of like you've just explained. And this is advice that I give as well, is that when you know who you're providing your services for, you're really able to tailor them to deliver them in the kind of way that that person would like to receive their service. But this is something that's quite opposite to the traditional practice of law, where we tend to provide more of a generalized service and 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 do more of kind of whatever people ask as opposed to saying this is who, this is who I who who I am and who I work for and the kind of work that I do what's been your experience with narrowing your focus in that way I started the firm when my first child was 9 months old and it, I really started off doing things in the evenings because I had a young baby yep. no child care and that's when I knew there'd be someone home to hold said baby and that's when I would meet with clients. So it was for purely selfish reasons that we started that focus in the evenings and then from there developed that niche because we realised that it also suited families with young kids or working families or families where one parent was working and the other was with the kids uh, to meet at 8pm at, at night over video conference. And then it works backwards from there. So if we want to service these kind of people, because these are our people, what else do they need? What are the gaps where they're not being serviced in their lives? And then we designed the service offering based on those people. Having got that insight, 
more, more through good luck than, than good management, that <laughs> the way we were doing it really, really suited these people. And these were people who were otherwise going without legal services because there was just zero way. It was too hard. They could do it. Yeah, they haven't had a haircut in four years. They're certainly not going to get their wills done mm-hmm. during business hours. It's just life is, is too busy. And then working from there, we just, you know, we really listened. So if we're going to service this group of the population that is being underserviced by the traditional legal model, what else do they need? And we learned, you know, they want to organise this stuff on their phones from the couch, you know, at 10 o'clock at night so they can book in a time, fill in the instructions form, know with some certainty what the price is going to be, you know, not have to call during business hours and get a quote. It sounds a lot more like good management than good luck to me. I think you might be <laughs> lacking, <laughs> give yourself a bit more credit, I think. It might be what's needed there. Oh, thank you. But it's, it's the same way I'd buy a mascara, you know. I'd, I'd go online and I'm like, look at this mascara, look at that mascara, look at the reviews, look around, where's I going to get the best price for and, you know, the best shipping. And then I'll order it and I'll do it all from the couch and I'll research it all, make that decision. And we have enabled people to if not get the full legal service from the couch, but get the majority of it sorted and that life admin done at a time and place that suits them. Mm. It's a really clever business model because like you say, you are your ideal client. So you're living the life with young children and the busyness and the only having the evenings when the kids are in bed and you're actually exhausted, but you still need to get stuff done. So that's the time you use. You're living that so you can relate to it and you know how your clients feel and the kind of things that they're going through. But You're also asking them and that in itself you deserve credit for because it's something that a lot of people avoid. Most people do not ask their clients for feedback, let alone send them NPS surveys every milestone of the matter. So what do your clients make of this? How do they feel when they're like, oh, she actually cares what what we think and she's taking on board our feedback? They like being asked because of the nature of the legal services. It's not like we're commercial lawyers where we work with the same clients for two years or so. So I suppose it's quite generous on our clients' behalf in that they'll give their feedback at what's probably the end of their matter. Mm. You know, we do the conveyance, we ask for feedback, we do the will, we ask for feedback. And then it's benefiting the next client as opposed to that individual. But most clients are pretty forthcoming and often it's the things they'll just say in passing and it's not even what they put in the survey. Or we, I had some snacks left over from a kid's birthday party that I'd just put on the table and I noticed that we had a three-year-old who was sitting on mum's lap for a signing and she grabbed the tiny teddies and just sat in the corner quietly while mum got to sign her will. And I thought, well, let's just do that all the time then. Mm. Adults don't tend to get too hungry during a wills conference, but if your kids can sit there and just for 10 minutes while mum can consistently sign her name on 15 pieces of paper... <laughs> That, that's a game changer. <laughs> yeah, and snacks are a great way to keep children quiet and entertained for a few minutes to give you some, not just to do the signing, but just to give you a minute to focus. So I think that sounds like a very clever idea. It works and we have the iPad at the back where they can watch ABC Kids and a few activities for different ages because what's going to work for mm-hmm. a 12-month old is going to be very different for a six-year-old. So we've just we've got all things there. Some clients don't like to bring their kids in, but others, they just can't get childcare. And they've done a video conference at home, but you know they come in with the kids, do the actual signing, and we just try and make it easy and comfortable for them. One of the ways that I think you make your services easier to buy is something that I think is really cool. And that is your cafe menu of fixed prices. Now you posted about that in your Facebook group, which we haven't spoken about yet, but your Facebook group, New Lord Chambers, you posted it in there a while ago and you got a lot of attention because I think people loved it. Tell us about your cafe menu. 
some people loved it. Some people were a bit mean and said, oh, you know, what do you got a crystal ball of? Do you really? know how every matter's got to go? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I must have missed those ones. I must have just blocked those out because I was like, this is cool. Oh, okay. So tell me about it then. Let's let's unpack the the, the naysayers and the good the good stuff too. So some areas of law are really easy to do fixed fees for, and there just is a market fixed fee. Um, and most you know firms in the area, most conveyancing, most firms will do for a fixed fee with various add-ons. You know, if, if it turns into a dispute. Yeah. So we wanted to put, I mean, those things that were easy, put them in an easy format that we could give to people. And then we kind of were looking at our wills pricing and we used to just do it distinguishing between singles and couples and whether or not they needed powers of attorney. And it wasn't quite working because some were blowing out and some weren't. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really want to raise the prices across the board because we wanted someone who genuinely needed a simple will to be able to walk through the door and not have to pay a fortune to get a simple will. And also if you mentioned that your clients are people who wouldn't typically be using legal services. So you want to reduce the barriers to entry, don't you? You want to make it more accessible for them. Yes. For those people that don't have companies and trusts and people they want to leave out of their wills or complex parenting arrangements yeah. that need to be reflected at the will. We wanted those people to be yeah. able to get a, an affordable, quick will with us. Sure. And then we sort of split out, well, what, what's making some matters blow out and some matters not? And we looked at all those reasons and some of them were appropriate to put on a fixed fee menu to say, if you fall into this category, it's going to cost you this much extra for this particular factor. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some things that we just couldn't pick up. Like if someone is just chronically indecisive or... Difficult clients, it's okay. We've all had them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or where, you know, they don't disagree. They don't agree and this is the first time they've ever sat down and sort of had discussions about who their kids might be with if they both yeah. died and she doesn't like his sister and he doesn't like her cousin and it's, they're having this argument, you know. <laughs> It's hard to self-diagnose that. Yeah. There are some things that you know. You know if you've got a family trust. You know if you want to leave someone out. You know if you have international assets. Mm-hmm. And they were the things that were, were taking a bit of extra time. So now we've got this thing. It's like a for a fancy burger cafe. So you can have your, your meat patty and then you can have your cheese. But if you're having an egg, an onion, a tomato, beetroot, and they're things that you know, you can actually calculate a fixed fee, mm-hmm. and it it's reflective of both the time and the value of that advice that we give on those topics. Absolutely. And what you've described is a very similar approach to what I take, although I haven't kind of put our prices up in a cafe menu style, which maybe it would be cool. We don't have a window like you do. I know you've got yours displayed on the front window of your office. And what it does, in my view, is it makes your services easier to buy because customers know exactly what they're getting before they've even spoken to you. And like you say, they can self-select. If they know they want onions, then they can they can add onions. What have you done with the scope creep or the people who say, you know, you haven't got a crystal ball, so how are you able to price? How do you approach that? Some we wear and wear it's a pattern and we go, wow, those last three took longer than we thought. Yeah. We look at our processes mm-hmm. and we say, well, maybe it's because, of, you know, it's this particular issue that's taken them a while to get instructions on. Why don't we ask that question in an email prior to the first conference for them to turn their mind to before they come in? If we know that that is something that people are going to sit on for months and not get back to us on and mean we can't close the file. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are human beings. There's always going to be someone that doesn't fit the neat mould and we just wear that. It's the idea that, you know, lawyers should bear no risk in their pricing. 
Mm. We're a business as well. I have very thick curly hair and I'm sure my hair cuts take my hairdresser a lot longer <laughs> than someone with, with your hair, you know. <laughs> and, you know, she doesn't charge me extra because I've got a bird's nest and <laughs> not lovely straight blonde hair. It's, it's just the idea that lawyers should be immune from all vicissitudes of human existence, I think, yeah. is a bit unrealistic. A quick break from the interview to let you know about a new service that I'm offering. For almost 10 years, I've designed and delivered productized legal services that have transformed the way law firms operate. I've now designed a coaching program where I'll teach you how to design services that truly meet your customers' needs, package them for sale, and systematize and streamline service delivery so that you can work smarter, not harder. Ultimately, it's about simplifying your business model so you can escape the billable hour and the best part, spend your time on work you love. If you're keen to learn more, visit lucydickens.com.au and book in for a free 30-minute discovery call. You win some, you lose some, don't you? Some will take you half the time and some will take a bit longer. And if it means they've come through the door and they wouldn't have otherwise come through the door, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. These are people who were otherwise too scared to walk through the door and ask the question as to how much it would cost. Yeah. So we would have lost that client otherwise. And Absolutely. if they change their mind about who gets which handbag in their will four or five times, then that's that's okay. <laughs> you just <laughs> must be very, very patient, more patient than me. I would be saying, yeah. it doesn't matter, it's just a handbag. Let's not worry about the handbag. <laughs> <laughs> Can we distinguish between the two red handbags? <laughs> Have we got a proper description? Maybe it should just yeah. be an expression of a wish. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> do you still do custom engagements, custom scopes as well, or do you fit everybody into one of your fixed price packages on the cafe menu? To be honest, at the moment, we are so busy that if it needs a custom scope, we just have been referring them to someone else. Okay. It's just been a busy few months. I'm not quite sure why. It's, mm. There's no real reason for it. Um, and if someone comes in and they say, oh, you know, I want, uh, I need to have a little bit of a dispute with my neighbour before I put my property on the market, I've just been referring the dispute bit yeah. to yeah. it to another firm. And they say, come back to us for the conveyance. And we have good relationships with other firms where we can do that and we know that that's okay. Um, you... Because we really lose money on the other, we rarely make any money um, because our systems are so good on those fixed fee things that it's really efficient. We're asking the right questions up front. We have great precedents. We have great checklists. I don't think it's worth our time to have the fight about the fence. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're speaking my language. One of the things that I do is consult to lawyers who are looking to productize their services. And that's, that's, what you do. You've got a fixed price service that's got a clearly defined scope, but more than that, you've got the systems and the processes that sit behind it that mean you can provide it a really effective and efficient service and, you know, manage all the risk and tick all the boxes like you do. And when you do, when you provide services in that way, it makes anything custom like the, like the dispute about the fence just seem like a pain and a hassle and really not profitable. Has that been your experience? Yeah. My husband's a lawyer and he says, oh, you know, but don't, doesn't that make it interesting? Like, don't you just sometimes want a curly fence dispute to fall on your no. my desk? I'm like, no, not when it's my name on the insurance. I just want <laughs> to do it quickly and well. <laughs> yeah. One of the advantages of doing business in the way that you do, and you do this because you've, you've said it several times, is that with every customer that you serve, you can improve your service for the next one. Yeah. And that's satisfying. It is. Absolutely. I agree. So since you've implemented your cafe menu, I know you did fixed prices before you had the kind of menu style approach to, I guess, to marketing them. What changes have you seen in the way your business operates? 
We've seen a 20% increase in people. So we ask clients where they come from. Yeah. Was it referral from a professional referrer, from a friend, from a past client, social media group, but a 20% increase in just street presence. So people have walked past, seen the menu, walked in, but they haven't said it's the menu, but given that that's the only thing that's changed with our street presence. Yeah. I'm guessing it's that. Yeah. Wow. So 20% increase. So that's pretty big. Yeah. From what it was before. Am I right that you have that menu on your website as well? Yeah, but no one's, I suppose people, people have said they found us on Google. So I suppose that would be part of that research they would do. It might be part of the decision-making process when they choose to engage you. That's huge, 20% increase. That's really interesting stats that you've got there. And everyone stops. Like sometimes there's a lovely Japanese restaurant over the road and I'll be sitting there on a Saturday night just watching people, people of all ages and all levels of sobriety, just walking past our office on a Saturday night and we'll stop and read the menu. It's not what you expect to see on a lawyer's front window. It's not. I should get a photo from you and stick it in the show notes so people can have a look at exactly what it is you're talking about. But as important as clients are, because they are, it isn't all about customers. And you also take a very engaged approach to keeping your staff happy. What are some of the things that you do with your team to try and create a really good culture? All the things, to be honest. Yeah. Like we, we have enough goodwill in the market. <laughs> you gave me a list and it, it's a very long list. I just thought I'd let you pick and choose which your favourites were rather than go through. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it's not assuming to know the answer. Something that I might personally value might be something that another staff member doesn't. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really listening to what works for that staff member. But some of the things we do, we have flexible work, remote work, part-time work in different forms for different people. We really give great birthday presents and work anniversary presents. Some people, and we sort of tailor it. Sometimes people choose, sometimes we kind of know what that person likes. Mm-hmm. So Pilates vouchers, blow dryers at the salon over the road, bottle of gin, if that's a thing. A really nice present for their birthday and for their every year anniversary with the firm. We try and make the office as comfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have young kids and this is our sort of quiet, happy place where we can have yeah. a hot drink and drink it while it's hot. Nice. <laughs> so coffee machine, nice tea, compost bin, tampons, pads, flowers, plants everywhere. We try and make it a nice place to be. Good music, nice smells, nice essential oils burning. Mm. So after the, the madness of the weekend and playgrounds and kids' parties and all that, it's nice to just walk in the office and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <Monday>. <laughs> It's nice that work is a, is a calm place to be especially given the profession that we're in yeah so clients say um it looks like a yoga studio from the front we've got the wooden bench and the, the essential oils burning and it doesn't feel like a law firm yes and your colors as well you have the greeny blue calming nice colors so I can yeah I want to come and hang out in your office and just sounds like it might be quite zen it's pretty chilled except for Friday afternoons during the settlements we just pump up some sort of 90s dance music and <laughs> just get it through that Keeps way you going. so you've built nest legal from the ground up if you had to start again what would you do differently I probably would have got a business partner or someone else early on it's really hard doing it on your own and that's probably the biggest piece of advice to anyone that says they want to leave a big firm or leave a comfortable position Mm -hmm. somewhere to get the open quotes freedom that comes from running your own business yeah there's a freedom of sorts but it's 
it's unrelenting. I was doing statements of adjustments eight hours after giving birth, and oh my you know, on a, dong- and a dongle in the, in the Royal <laughs> Women's Hospital because the baby yeah. was late and the settlement was early, and you just have to get it done. And I think I probably would have. I brought someone else on board who had as much invested in it as I did yeah. from a bit earlier. Did you always intend to grow the business in the way that you have? We have a strategic plan which says what we want to get to is a size where anyone can have a mental health day or go on leave or call in sick without it feeling a strain on other people. That's a really hard thing for a small business mm. because there's no one that's unnecessary in the business. Mm. So to try and structure it and get everyone's skills up to a point and the systems up to a point where that can happen, we're not quite there yet. There are still some people who, if their kid gets rushed to hospital. They're essential. Yeah, you realise if that person steps out of the business quickly, how much you really, really need them there. Yeah. We're almost there. Like we can pinpoint there's just a few little bottlenecks now. Mm -hmm. But that's the goal and we'll just keep growing Mm. the firm until we are at a size where we have a double for everyone. Yeah. You talk about growing the firm to achieve that, but you, and you, you mentioned this, it's also about the systems. And I wanted to kind of pull that point out because I think that's something that a lot of law firms don't have is these systems and processes that help them to get the work done in an efficient way and make them less reliant on the people. Because if you've got the system and everything's documented and you know how something is done, it makes it easier if that person's you know, the person who was going to be doing that job is not there for whatever reason, you know, like you say, their kid gets rushed to hospital. It's not about making people, well, it's not about making people less important, but it is about, you know, if you're running a business, you do need the work that people do. They need to be replaceable. And that's making sure that every file is run in the same way. It's not that one person's way is right. It's Mm. just that the files all need to be run consistently Mm -hmm. so we can jump out, jump in. We know that a client's already been given this particular bit of advice if they're up to this stage in the way their file is running. Yeah. So anyone can just pick it up and take it and and run with it. Yep. But you also need a sufficient level of skill because, you know, law can't be done yet by computers. You need human beings that have that depth of experience. Yeah. And those people come with ideas of how to, how matters should be run. So it's, it's really hard to find that to hire people who have the skills, have the commitment and passion to be part of a small customer-focused business and who are open to doing it the next way. That's why we treat our staff so well because when we find those people, we hold on to them. Yeah, you want to keep them. Absolutely. Can I have your greatest piece of advice for someone listening who wants to do law differently? You're only allowed to give me one piece. Hmm. (laughs) Put yourself in the shoes of the person that you're helping. and. Imagine from their perspective how it could be more helpful. So not the way that you've always done it, not the way that's the quickest to do it, not the way that enables you to cut and paste the bulk of that letter of advice you did for that client last week because that looked so awesome and you'll just give it all to this client too. Mm. Really listen and be humble to what that person actually needs and change your ways if needed. Mm. And they'll be really deeply grateful because of that. It sounds like some very good advice and sounds like you are absolutely practicing what you preach there. We try. (laughs) You need to give yourself some more credit, Laura. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been really interesting to learn some more about your business. Oh, it's been great talking to you. Thank you. 
So that's all from Doing Law Differently today. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, I'd love it if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes. It makes a big difference because it really helps other people to find out about the show. And lastly, if you or someone who you know is doing law differently, then send them my way at doinglawdifferently.com.au forward slash guest. I'd love to have as much variety on the show as possible. So do send them over. See you next week. Bye.